daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked with your host, Brent McGuire. In today's episode, I'm going to briefly go over some of the playoff games that occurred on Tuesday. And for the duration of the episode, I will essentially finish up my player evaluations and move on to something else uh, coming up later this week. But before getting into today's episode, just a reminder, if you need to contact me, I'm away from social media right now, but you can email me at brentjmaguire94 at gmail.com. You can follow my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to download, subscribe, and rate and review the Locked On Angels podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or any platform of your choosing. So welcome back. I hope you're having a good week. Uh, Before getting into these player evals, I want to briefly go over some of the playoff games. I'm recording kind of in the middle of the Yankees-Rays game and during the beginning of the Dodgers-Padres games, but I can briefly touch on some of the other games. So first I want to talk about the Braves and Marlins game and the Braves came out just firing on all cylinders. The offense looked really good, much like they've looked all of this year. It was kind of a collective effort from the entire lineup, one through nine, but mainly we saw Ronald Acuna Jr. do well once again, went two for four, hit a home run. Travis Darnode went three for three, hit a home or hit a double, walked twice, four runs driven in, just a monster game from one of the more underrated catchers in baseball. And like I said before, this offense has just been rolling on all cylinders this year. And that top of that lineup of Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna has just been so lethal. In terms of the other game earlier today, the Astros beat the A's again. So they're up two to nothing in this series and they are one game away from making it on to the ALCS, which, you know, before the season, if you would have told somebody that, I don't think anybody would have been surprised just based on what the Astros have been doing for the last half decade or so. But given the fact that they came into the playoffs, just basically limped to the finish line, didn't look good. They're obviously short on some of their guys that they had in years past. Obviously, Garrett Cole is gone. Justin Verlander obviously did not pitch and is gone for the season. And just knowing that they had all these underperformances, it was they were kind of an afterthought. And you know, I was guilty that of that as well coming into the postseason. I did not give them much expectation, but they're on the verge of making it to the ALCS one more time. So uh, kudos to them. Uh, Framber Valdez pitched really well. One of the big reasons why Houston is in the spot they're in. I mean, Framber was really good this year. I, I think I've talked about him in the past on this show. Was really good against the Angels a couple times and just gave them a big outing today. And like I said, I'm currently recording during the Yankees-Rays game, but I can at least touch on the fact that John Carlos Stanton is just a man on a mission right now. He homered again in today's game. That made it four straight games that he homered in the playoffs to, to start his postseason run and then proceeded to hit one more homer. And that's, you know, when I kind of started tuning into that game, I saw him hit a ball 458 feet, cleared the bleachers and left field at Petco Park ball left the the bat at 118.3 miles per hour I mean he is locked in right now and this is like the John Carlos Stanton that we haven't really seen on the Yankees you know really at any point this is kind of looking like MVP last year with the Marlins John Carlos Stanton he is just 
crushing baseballs right now. So that's a series that definitely want to continue to tune into. The Dodgers-Padres game is tied in the second inning as I'm recording this. But with that being said, I want to pivot to basically finishing off on these individual Angels player evaluations. And I'll basically look at all the guys who were right at replacement level. So zero wins above replacement and below. And you're not going to be surprised to hear that they had a lot of them that were right around this range or in some cases well below it. So I want to start this off looking at Keenan Middleton, who was demoted a couple weeks into the season. I believe it was like a month or so into the season. And this is just a really tough guy to evaluate because we saw the promise when he first came up in 2017, had a sub four ERA in nearly 60 innings as a rookie. You know, there was expectation that this was going to be one of their big lockdown bullpen arms and came out firing in 2018 and obviously underwent Tommy John surgery didn't come back until late 2019 didn't look good in his smaller sample but I don't think anybody was too worried but didn't look great again this year his ERA and his field independent pitching were both over five his walks have kind of crept up since his rookie year not striking out as many guys as you would expect with that kind of fastball, that kind of slider, changeup. So I'm not quite sure what to make of Middleton moving forward. I do think he's a guy that's probably in the picture for making the roster next year. He's 27 years old. Obviously, he throws hard. He's not super expensive, even as he starts to enter arbitration for the first time next year. But obviously not you know, where he wanted to be, not where the Angels wanted him to be. So hopefully we can see better things from him next year. And on a similar note, moving on to the next pitcher is Ty Buttry. And this was basically, you know, one of the top two bullpen arms entering the season. And he kind of pitched like it for the first two seasons that he was in Anaheim. But this year was just an unmitigated disaster. 26 and a third innings, 5.81 5.81 ERA. His strikeouts trended in the wrong direction. His walks went up. Home runs went up. I mean, there was not really anything that you can say you're feeling optimistic about in terms of him moving forward. And another tough guy to evaluate because you're you're looking at the context of this season and it's really tough to just evaluate a reliever in less than 30 innings. This guy was pretty darn good, was considered one of their better arms for you know, when he came over in 2018 in the Ian Kinsler trade. So I'm a little worried just from the perspective that he literally forgot to <laughs> how to strike guys out. I mean, his strikeout rate dropped significantly. I mean, we're talking like 7 to 10% drop in strikeout rate. So I, for the Angels' sake, for Butchery's sake, they need him to come back strong next season. And obviously, he's going to be one of the bigger factors in their bullpen. Coming up here in a little bit, I'm going to finish off this player evaluation series. But first, let me tell you about Postmates. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and Advil at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retails you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 
Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code LOCKEDON. Before getting back into the second segment, I want to give a special plug to the Locked On Rams podcast. The Rams started the season strong. They're 3-1, and one, looking pretty nice. They're only a game behind the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West right now. So go give the Locked On Rams podcast a listen before their upcoming game this weekend. So it's about time that we finish evaluating some of these Angels players and move on from another losing season for the Angels. Uh, looking at the next player on the list is Matt Thice. This will be a quick one. Really, there's I, he got passed over this year. That's the best way to put it. Him, Taylor Ward, Jared Walsh, they're kind of in that same mold as guys who could battle for a bench spot for this season and moving forward. And I've mentioned Walsh and Ward several times in previous episodes. And those guys obviously passed Thice in their strong seasons and I Thice looks like a guy who is probably going to be, you know, maybe a trade piece for a reliever or something like that. I'm I'm not quite sure what to make of him at this point, but it's pretty clear that he got passed on the pecking order. Next on the list, Albert Pujols. Not much else I we really need to say about Albert. I've talked about him when he got some of his milestone home runs this year. Obviously, Pujols tied and then took the lead over Willie Mays with his 660th home run and his 661st home run. That was obviously a great, fun milestone to witness as an Angels fan, but obviously you look at the bottom line, didn't perform well again. He's entering his final year under contract with the Angels next year, and for him and for the Angels, it's just best that they move on from this situation. It's been a rough last half decade for Pujols and the Angels and at this point I would expect someone like Jared Walsh to get more at bats over Pujols in 2021. Next on the list Jose Suarez didn't pitch well again this year. This is a really tough evaluation just because he was a fringe top 100 prospect in all of baseball before he came up in 2019 and he has just pitched so poorly under two different pitching coaches and you know I don't want to count him out because it's still a relatively small sample but a 7.99 ERA in 83 and a third innings is just it's not it's not what you want it's not good and I still think he's a guy you want to give a chance moving forward but I don't think you can have any real expectation of him I mean there's still some things that you like about him he generally He's thrown strikes in the past. He's shown a good changeup, a decent breaking ball, but hitters have just teed off on him. And there's got to be some sort of change to his approach that he has to make. He's actually somebody I want to explore a little bit further this offseason just to see what the heck is going on because 
he was a pretty highly touted prospect. Like I said, he was, you know, close to, if not a top 100 prospect by many outlets. And the guy has just not pitched well, but he's only going to be 23 next year. He has the minor league track record and he's got time on his side. So I wouldn't expect much from him right now, but it also wouldn't surprise me to see him become a useful starter at some point in the next couple years. Next on the list, another young left-handed starter for the Angels, Patrick Sandoval. Kind of infuriating in a couple of ways just because you see the stuff. You see the 93 to 96 mile per hour fastball. You see the above average changeup. We saw the slider improve this year. He generally throws strikes. His uh, walk percentage was at 7.5% this year, which was a near 4% drop from last year, but it just, it didn't show up. He was bad by ERA. He was at 5.65. The underlying numbers weren't good. And I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that he's going to be a starting pitcher. And I think the Angels kind of recognized that later on in the season where he was coming out of the bullpen and giving him some like multi-inning relief appearances. And ultimately, I think that's kind of where he's going to settle in. But you do see a guy who is only going to be 24 next year. He's got a good, you know, at least a firm fastball, good changeup, good slider. I still want to believe in him, but we've also seen 76 innings where the ERA has just not been good. He was not a highly touted prospect. There wasn't an expectation that he was going to be a starting pitcher by a lot of people. So I wouldn't expect much, but Again, I I do think that there is some hope with Sandoval becoming a productive pitcher for the Angels. Next on the list is Luis Renjifo. If you've listened in recent weeks, you heard me talk about him in the hopeful or concern podcast that I did. And I wrote that I was, or I said that I was definitely concerned about Renjifo. And, you know, I don't know if I've really, I I had the expectation coming into this year that he was going to be a useful utility player, but he was just so bad this year that I do think there are some questions about how useful he's going to be moving forward. And I know I mentioned this in that uh, podcast that I just referenced that Renjifo is a guy that's been traded a bunch of times. The, The Angels are his third organization and had the Dodgers trade gone through earlier this year, that would have represented his fourth organization. So there's got to be something that teams have seen in Renjifo because a guy being on the move that much is definitely a little concerning. I mean, you look at the minor league track record and obviously had the really gaudy stolen base totals, showed that he knew how to walk, hit for average, showed versatility. So all of those elements are still there, but I, the, a guy that strikes out a good amount doesn't hit for power. That's not a great combination. And the fact that he has kind of shown a tendency to make some not smart plays or on the on the base paths, that's a concern. But this is another young guy. He's only going to be 24 next year. He showed enough in 2019 where he was below average at the plate, but provided some really good defense, ran the bases decently well. I'm still hopeful that he can be a decent utility guy, but this performance this season definitely led me to be a little more concerned than I was about five or six months ago. And last on this list, and you know he's last, but he's also 
very interesting for obvious reasons, Joe Adele. And, you know, this is probably the hardest evaluation to make because there are so many circumstances that were not in his favor. And I, I know I've talked about him on this show multiple times. And it's really hard to gauge, like, how much was his performance this year, this year due to just not being ready for the show? How much was it due to not getting real action in minor league games? How much was it due to not getting that extra time at AAA? I mean, there were so many different things that were not in his favor, but he also got a pretty significant sample. He got 132 plate appearances and just did not perform. Obviously, he had a small little stretch where he homered twice, you know, in one of those games, homered again about a week later, had a couple nice plays, but that was about it. I mean, he, it was so bad down the stretch that he basically got benched for the last week and a half, two weeks of the season. And again, I don't want to overreact to this for just so many reasons, like the reasons I just mentioned. I'm still a big believer in Adele. I do think that there is a little more concerned about how long it's going to take for him to get ready. And the unfortunate circumstances of this year from a baseball perspective is Adele was not able to go to Salt Lake and really refine some of his areas where he needed work, whether it was his defense in right field, whether it was contact issues at the plate. He basically sat around, played in a couple exhibition games, and then was called to the highest level of baseball and he struggled. There's no sugarcoating it, but I don't want to overreact to a guy that came up as a 21 year old who probably wasn't ready for the show and showed obviously some of those tools when he hit his home runs, when he was running the bases, made a couple really good plays. Obviously the talent's there. It's just a matter of how do the angels see him right now? Do they see him improving going into next year or do they need another option, just a a safety valve, just to make sure that if Adele isn't performing next year, that they have somebody to fall back on. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Angels. As a reminder, if you need to contact me, you can do so at my email at brentjmaguire94 at gmail.com. And you can find my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. In terms of what's coming next, obviously we finished up some of these player evaluations today. I'm going to continue doing some playoff throwbacks to old Angels playoff games through the month of October, but there's going to be a need for talking to other people and looking at a variety of different uh, activities to just to keep that engagement going. I do have some ideas. I was thinking about looking back at some of the, or all of the playoff teams in Angels baseball history. I've talked about looking into the uh, GMs and Angels history. So I'll probably start incorporating some of those things here soon, but that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Angels. Thank you as always for joining. Stay safe out there and we'll talk on Wednesday for some Angels and playoff baseball.